Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to another episode of Christianity Unmasked. I'm your host, Jamal Bob, and I'm grateful that you've chosen to spend some time with us today as we delve into a topic that's often considered both complex and controversial. Today, we're going to explore the question, did Jesus create hell to scare people into worshipping him? This is a belief that some people hold, but as we'll uncover, it might be based on some common misconceptions. Now, before we dive in, I want to acknowledge that the topic at hand can evoke strong feelings and opinions. The subject of hell, divine justice, and the teachings of Jesus has been interpreted in various ways across different Christian denominations and religious philosophies. What this episode will not be about is whether hell is real or not, or the right or wrongness of these different perspectives. That will be in a different episode. Our goal here is not to tell you what to believe, but to provide you with different perspectives, supported by scholarly research and theological insight, to help you form your own opinion. In today's episode, we'll be examining the actual teachings of Jesus on the subject of hell, taking a closer look at different interpretive frameworks for understanding these teachings, discussing the nature and character of God, exploring the role of free will, and finally, touching upon the historical and cultural uses of the concept of hell. So, sit back, keep an open mind, and let's explore this intricate subject together. To properly delve into today's topic, it's crucial to set the context by first understanding the concept of hell within the biblical tradition. In the Bible, the idea of hell, or a place of punishment in the afterlife, evolves over time and is not consistently portrayed from Genesis to Revelation. In the Old Testament, for example, the concept of an afterlife is quite vague. The term Sheol is often used to describe a shadowy, underworld-like existence, where both the righteous and the unrighteous go after death. It's not a place of punishment in the way that many modern readers imagine hell to be. Fast forward to the intertestamental period, the time between the Old and New Testaments, and we see the concept of hell start to take on more definitive contours. Influences from Zoroastrianism, Greek philosophy, and emerging Jewish apocalyptic literature began to infuse the idea with elements of judgment, reward, and punishment. By the time we reach the New Testament, the idea of hell as a place of eternal punishment for the wicked has become more developed, though still subject to various interpretations. Now, when we consider the historical, and cultural context of Jesus' teachings, we find that he was speaking to a first-century Jewish audience that already had diverse views on hell, influenced by their exposure to different religious and philosophical traditions. Jesus often used parables and metaphors, speaking in ways that would be understandable to his audience, but also leaving room for deeper, spiritual interpretation. His teachings on hell must be viewed within this rich tapestry of religious thought, and social nuance. Understanding this context can provide a more comprehensive view of why Jesus spoke about hell and what he might have meant by it, which is quite different from the common idea that he created hell to scare people into worshipping him. This context helps us to approach the question with a fuller understanding of the various factors that influence Jesus' teachings and the way they have been interpreted over time. When examining what Jesus specifically had to say about hell, we find that his teachings appear primarily in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, with references sprinkled throughout some of his parables and sermons. Notable instances include the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, where a rich man finds himself in torment in the afterlife, and his mentioning of Jehenna, the term rooted in the Hebrew word for the valley of Hinnom, a literal place outside of Jerusalem that served as a trash dump where fires continually burned. Jesus uses Jehenna metaphorically to talk about the destructive consequences of sin. It's crucial to look at the audience and context when Jesus discusses these concepts. He was often speaking to religious leaders, like the Pharisees and other Jewish people of his time who had varied beliefs about the afterlife. His messages sometimes served as a warning to those who were self-righteous or hypocritical, urging them to focus on the weightier matters of the law like justice 
and mercy. At other times, his words were directed towards his disciples, framing the importance of ethical living in light of eternal consequences. When we juxtapose Jesus' teachings on hell with his overall message, an interesting contrast appears. Jesus is best known for his teachings on love, compassion, and grace. He spoke of loving one's neighbors, turning the other cheek, and the importance of mercy. In the famous Sermon on the Mount, for example, he outlines a way of life that focuses on the qualities of the heart rather than mere outward compliance with the law. In this broader context, his mentions of hell serve more as warnings against a life lived contrary to these principles rather than as scare tactics aimed at coercing faith or worship. By closely examining the instances where Jesus talks about hell, it becomes clear that these teachings are part of a larger ethical and spiritual framework, one that places a high value on love, compassion, and grace. They do not stand alone as a fear-mongering strategy to scare people into religious compliance, but are integrated into a holistic vision for how humanity should relate to God and each other. The topic of hell in Christian theology doesn't exist in a vacuum, rather, it's subject to various interpretive frameworks that can dramatically influence one's understanding of Jesus' teachings. On one end of the spectrum, we have literalist interpretations that view hell as a real, physical place of eternal torment. These interpretations often rely on a straightforward reading of biblical texts, seeing the flames, darkness, and gnashing of teeth as literal descriptors of the afterlife for the damned. On the opposite end are metaphorical, or allegorical interpretations. Scholars and theologians who adhere to this view argue, that the biblical language about hell is symbolic, meant to convey the spiritual, psychological, or existential consequences of a life lived in opposition to God's will. This approach often incorporates a broader understanding of biblical genres, historical contexts, and the original languages in which the texts were written. The discipline of hermeneutics, or interpretive methods, becomes especially important when tackling a subject as complex and potentially divisive as hell. The way we approach the Bible, whether we interpret it literally, metaphorically, or through some other lens, will inevitably shape our understanding of its teachings, including those on hell. Hermeneutics offers structured ways to engage with the text, taking into account its historical context, the original languages, the intent of the authors, and the literary genres at play, among other factors. When it comes to scholarly perspectives on Jesus' teachings about hell, there is a wide range of opinions. Some scholars, particularly in more conservative evangelical circles, uphold a literalist view, arguing that Jesus' warnings about hell were meant to be taken seriously as a description of a real place. Others, often from more liberal or progressive theological backgrounds, see these teachings as metaphorical, aimed at provoking thought and inspiring ethical behavior rather than describing an actual location of eternal torment. Still others propose a middle ground, suggesting that while Jesus' language might contain symbolic elements, it also serves as a warning about real spiritual consequences. Understanding the interpretive frameworks at play can provide valuable context for anyone grappling with the question of what Jesus actually taught about hell, and why it's unlikely that he introduced the concept merely to scare people into worshipping him. The concept of hell inevitably raises questions about the nature and character of God, especially within the context of Christian teachings, that describe God as all-loving, merciful, and just. So how does this square with the idea of hell, a place often depicted as one of eternal punishment? This is a question that has puzzled theologians, believers, and skeptics alike for centuries. In traditional Christian doctrine, God's love is often held in tension with his justice. The argument goes that God's justice requires a response to sin, while his love offers grace and salvation to those who accept it. Within this framework, hell is not a contradiction to God's loving nature, but rather a necessary aspect of his justice. It serves as the ultimate consequence for those who reject God's love and choose to live a life in opposition to his will. However, there are alternative theologies that seek to reconcile these seemingly conflicting attributes of God in different ways. 
For example, some propose the concept of annihilationism, which suggests that those who reject God simply cease to exist rather than suffer eternally. Others advocate for universalism, the belief that all souls will eventually be reconciled to God, arguing that eternal punishment is incompatible with a truly loving and merciful deity. Another approach, known as purgatorial universalism, posits that hell is a temporary place of purification rather than eternal torment, aligning both God's justice and his love. It's also worth mentioning the concept of divine command theory, which suggests that whatever God wills is inherently good and just by virtue of his divine authority. Proponents of this view argue that questioning the ethics of hell is tantamount to questioning God's nature, which is presumed to be wholly good and beyond human comprehension. The character of God is a topic of immense depth and complexity, with various interpretations and theological frameworks attempting to reconcile God's love and justice. These interpretations have a direct bearing on how we understand the concept of hell, and by extension, what we believe Jesus was teaching on the matter. Whether you find yourself siding with traditional views or alternative theologies, the discussion inevitably circles back to questions about the fundamental nature of God as portrayed in Christian teachings. One of the critical aspects often discussed in Christian theology is the concept of free will. According to many Christian teachings, God endowed humans with the freedom to make choices, including the choice to accept or reject divine love and guidance. This freedom is viewed as a necessary condition for love and moral responsibility, as love is not genuine if it is coerced or predetermined. Within this framework, hell is often understood not as a tool created by God to scare people into worship, but rather as the natural or logical outcome of a life lived in rejection of divine love and moral goodness. Some theologians argue that hell, in whatever form it takes, is not a place where God sends people against their will, but a state of existence that people choose for themselves by turning away from God. In this interpretation, hell is less about fire and brimstone, and more about the profound isolation and emptiness that come from a separation from the divine, the ultimate consequence of free will exercised against God's loving nature. This perspective shifts the emphasis from God as a punitive judge to God as a loving parent respecting the choices of his children even when they lead away from him. The idea here is that God does not want anyone to suffer in hell, rather, he wishes for all to come to repentance and live in communion with him. However, the respect for human free will means that God allows people the choice to reject him, and hell becomes the self-chosen state of those who do so. In this light, the concept of hell serves not as a scare tactic, but as a solemn warning about the serious consequences of our choices. It underlines the gravity of the moral, and spiritual decisions we make in this life, highlighting both the beauty and the risk inherent in the gift of free will. By understanding hell in the context of free will and human choice, we can better appreciate its role in Christian teachings, far removed from the simplistic notion that it was created merely to scare people into worshipping God. The concept of hell has not only been a subject of theological discussion, but has also found its way into cultural narratives and historical uses, sometimes with motives far removed from its original religious context. Historically, the idea of hell has been wielded as a tool for social control or manipulation. For example, during the medieval period, images of hell and damnation were prominently featured in religious art and literature as a means of encouraging moral behavior and church attendance. The concept was often used to instill fear and thereby ensure conformity to religious and social norms. In various points in history, hell has been employed as a rhetorical device to justify actions ranging from social ostracization to outright warfare. The Crusades and various inquisitions provide historical examples where the concept of hell was manipulated to further agendas that, by most modern ethical standards, seem contrary to the teachings of Jesus. In these instances, the concept was twisted to serve worldly power dynamics rather than spiritual enlightenment or ethical living. It's essential to differentiate between these cultural 
and historical uses of hell and what the scriptures actually teach. Often, the cultural interpretations take significant liberties with the text, distorting its meanings for various ends. As we have discussed earlier, the Bible itself offers a complex and nuanced view of hell that is open to various interpretations, depending on one's hermeneutical approach. It's safe to say that many historical and cultural uses of the concept do not align neatly with any careful or balanced reading of the biblical texts. Understanding the ways in which the concept of hell has been used or misused throughout history can offer critical insights into the topic at hand. It helps to separate cultural baggage from scriptural teachings and allows for a more nuanced discussion about whether Jesus created hell to scare people into worship. The claim that, as we've explored, may well be a significant misunderstanding of his teachings and the nature of God. Even within the circles of literalist theologians, who take the biblical descriptions of hell as a place of eternal torment at face value, there is a broad consensus that Jesus did not introduce the concept of hell to instill fear or force worship. For instance, Wayne Grudem, a prominent evangelical theologian, argues that the primary purpose of hell in Christian doctrine is to demonstrate God's justice, not to scare people into faith. According to this viewpoint, hell is the ultimate consequence for sin in a moral universe overseen by a just God. Grudem and others like him believe that while the Bible describes hell as a terrible place, its purpose is not to instill fear, but to serve as a testament to the seriousness of sin and the reality of divine justice. Annihilationist theologians, such as Edward Fudge and John Stott, take a different approach but arrive at a similar conclusion. Annihilationism posits that rather than facing eternal torment, those who reject God are ultimately destroyed and cease to exist. For these theologians, the concept of hell serves as a warning and a statement on the seriousness of turning away from God, but it's not there to instill fear for the sake of forced worship. Stott, an influential evangelical leader, argued that annihilationism is more consistent with the biblical portrayal of God as loving, and just suggesting that eternal torment is incompatible with God's character. Historian Diomede McCulloch, an expert on the history of Christianity, has also discussed how the concept of hell evolved over time, and was often more a reflection of cultural influences than of original biblical teachings. According to McCulloch, the medieval church's obsession with hell and damnation was in many ways an aberration that has been gradually corrected in more recent theological thinking, moving away from the idea of hell as a tool for coercion or social control. All scholars often point to the broader narrative arc of the Bible, examining the covenantal relationship between God and humanity, the portrayal of divine justice and mercy, and the repeated invitations to freely accept God's grace. These elements together build a strong case against the notion that the primary function of hell is to scare people into worshipping Jesus. By considering these diverse scholarly contributions, it becomes evident that the idea of hell serving merely as a scare tactic to force worship doesn't hold up well under scrutiny. Even within theological frameworks that interpret hell as either a place of eternal punishment or ultimate destruction, the overarching message aligns more closely with themes of divine justice, the consequences of human choices, and the freely offered love and grace of God. Now before we wrap up this episode, I want to address skeptics that argue the contrary. The belief that Jesus created the concept of hell to scare people into worshipping him seems to simplify and reduce the complexity of both Jesus' teachings and the larger biblical narrative, and makes Jesus out to be a simple manipulator. First, it's essential to recognize that the idea of divine punishment or judgment is not exclusive to the teachings of Jesus, it's a concept deeply rooted in Jewish tradition, the Old Testament, and other ancient religious and philosophical systems. In that sense, Jesus did not create the concept of hell, but was engaging with ideas about divine justice and the afterlife that were already part of his cultural milieu. Secondly, framing hell as a scare tactic overlooks the primary focus of Jesus' ministry, which emphasized love, compassion, and reconciliation. 
Jesus often spoke of the kingdom of God as a present reality that people could experience here, and now, not just a future state to be feared or eagerly awaited, his call to his followers was to love God and to love their neighbors, suggesting that the essence of worship in the Christian tradition is rooted in love and moral action rather than fear. Moreover, the New Testament itself offers multiple pathways to understanding God's relationship with humanity, from parables of lost sheep, coins, and sons who are lovingly welcomed back, to declarations that God is love, 1 John 4, verse 8. These teachings would seem at odds with the idea that Jesus' primary mission was to scare people into worshipping him. Lastly, the argument can be made that hell, as described by Jesus, is less about future torment than it is a description of what life becomes when lived outside of God's love and grace. Seen this way, hell is not a tool created for manipulation, but a state of being or condition that arises naturally from human choices and actions. In summary, the idea that Jesus created hell solely to instill fear and false worship doesn't fully align with the broader teachings of the New Testament. The historical context of Jesus' ministry or the interpretive perspectives that consider the richness and complexity of the Bible's message. The weight of scholarly interpretation and theological tradition leans against this notion, providing a more nuanced understanding that accommodates God's love, justice, and the human capacity for choice. Thank you for joining us on this exploration of a complex and often misunderstood topic. Did Jesus create the concept of hell to scare people into worshipping him? As we've delved into various perspectives, ranging from what the scriptures say to scholarly interpretations, the role of free will, and the historical and cultural usages of the concept of hell, it becomes clear that the issue is far more nuanced than it may appear at first glance. We've seen that the biblical concept of hell has deep roots that go beyond the New Testament, as well as how Jesus' teachings on the subject should be viewed in the broader context of his overall message of love, compassion, and grace. We've also touched on various interpretive frameworks, from literal to metaphorical understandings, and have considered the implications these have for the character of God as portrayed in Christian teachings. Importantly, we've examined how free will and human choice factor into the equation, arguing that hell may not be a creation of God to scare people, but rather a result of individual choices against divine love and goodness. However, it's crucial to acknowledge that this topic is incredibly complex and sensitive, and opinions among theologians, scholars, and believers vary widely. Our aim has been to offer a balanced and thoughtful discussion that stimulates further reflection and study, we invite you, our listeners, to engage in this dialogue further. Whether you agree or disagree with the points made, the pursuit of understanding is itself a noble endeavor. Take some time to read the scriptures, consult a variety of scholarly works, or engage in discussions to further deepen your understanding of this profound topic. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to diving into another thought-provoking subject in our next episode. And with that, we conclude today's podcast. Have a wonderful day, and keep asking those big questions.